the 2011 Kendrick Brothers classic, Courageous. Now, we've watched a few of the Kendrick Brothers movies now, with the Flywheel yeah. and Facing the Giants. Fireproof. Oh, yeah, and Fireproof. That, yeah. that was Kendrick Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. it was. They, he just wasn't in that movie. Yeah. They had to recruit Kirk Cameron. Right, they had to bring in the big To guns. give their brand legitimacy. Yeah. And so... In each of those movies, I've had pretty much the same complaints every time we've watched it. Yeah. Which has been that, uh, well, they're bad. Uh, they have the same, like, you start, the family has a bunch of problems, and then they get saved, and then all of their problems get fixed. Yeah. Do you think that this one followed exactly that same formula? No. Because we had a very, I felt it was a very different viewing experience than some of the past ones. Yes. Because, you know, some of those ones we've seen are just almost outrageous at times. And this one, it was definitely done more competently than their previous yeah. movies. I mean, especially when you look like Flywheel was just like a that was real like, startup operation, you know? But, yeah, that was like a college film. Yeah, basically. yeah. But Courageous, it, this came after Facing the Giants and... Uh, fireproof and yeah. all those other ones, right? Yeah. yeah, so you can definitely tell that they're learning. Yeah, they they, they, they did improve, which is good. Yeah. Like, I mean, they... It's like they they're still, like... They, I, it wasn't as preachy as some of the previous ones happens. either, but it still had... Yeah. And we were talking about this, there's certain moments in the movie that were actually, as far as the movie itself, were competently done, but then... They had to insert some kind of sermon into the script, mm -hmm. and it kind of, I don't know, made it all feel kind of hokey. Yeah. But so, the, the movie yeah. is, it stars Alex Kendrick, and he plays uh, a sheriff's deputy. Yes. And he, the, there are still problems presented at the beginning. Uh, his problem is that he's not... He's not a great dad. Not a great dad, or just kind of absent. He's not terrible. He's not like he's not he's not like an alcoholic, or he's not hitting his kids or anything like that. But he just kind of absent, kind of disinterested in yeah what his kids are doing. Yeah, and he spends too much time working. I think they kind of imply that. Yeah, yeah, because he obviously sheriff's deputy. He's got all kinds of you know all the uh, pencil pushing he's got to do. Yeah. So before we get into describing the plot, I think there were a couple of things that remained the same with Kendrick Brothers movies. One was the workroom banter, yes. which we've seen it in Fireproof, in Facing mm -hmm. the Giants, and in Flywheel, all of them. They yeah. have like, the employees of whatever company they work for yeah. making these jokes with each other, and they're yeah. just... It's awkward and weird. Yeah. But I think they they tightened up the banter a little bit in this yes. one. It wasn't as ridiculous as the, the hot sauce scene from Fireproof. <laughs> and then that flywheel. There's just the whole... The all the banter in that movie was... The multiple lunch arguments. In yeah, the right. You just wanted to slide off your chair and sink into the floor when you would watch that. But this one... 
Not as bad. Still kind of cringy, but overall a step in the right direction. Yeah. The, the movie opens with uh, this guy named Nathan. And he's, get, he's getting gas at a gas station, mm-hmm. as one does. Mm-hmm. And He's getting diesel. This was a topic of controversy. Because I wasn't... The truck he had didn't look like it was a diesel truck. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm an expert. I'm not a mechanic. You know, I don't, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. So he's getting gas that he has to... He goes in to pay. Now, he... <coughs> oh, me. bless you. <clears throat> he wants to wash his... Window. That's right, yeah, he's... Yeah, he's mutilated a lot of bugs with his windshield, so he's going to get, I guess, the, the one, the one is receptacle is empty, so he goes to get another uh, squeegee. Yeah. And then this guy... Steals his yeah, truck. Yeah. Steals his truck. But Nathan is quick enough that he jumps. His window's open, so he yeah. jumps and grabs onto the wheel of the truck, and he's basically driving with this guy... Mm-hmm. And then eventually the guy veers off the road. It's and, a tree. Yeah, Nathan is flung from the truck. And the the guy who stole it gets away because his buddy pulls up in like an Escalade. Mm-hmm. And they drive off. Yeah. And we find out that the reason he was so intent on getting his vehicle back was because his little kid was in the back seat in the car seat. Yeah. And so... With Kendrick Brothers movies, this is often the case. the The opening scene sort of sets up the the moral of the movie. Yeah, the thesis statement, I right? Suppose. And it, it is a lot like a paper. Like they, they start with their thesis statement, and mm-hmm. then they explain it throughout the yeah. rest of the movie. And the thesis statement of this movie. So the cops arrive, and they see what happened, and they you know deal with the the report and everything. And then as the cops are leaving, the one cop asks the other cop. Uh, so Alex Kendrick, who is Adam Mitchell in the movie, mm-hmm. and then his buddy, whose name is uh, the rookie. The ro- no, it's not the rookie. It's the other guy. The oh yeah yeah Shane Shane, Shane that's right Shane yeah he asked so, Shane yeah uh, would you have kept your hands on the wheel yeah or would you have let go of the wheel yeah. and that's sort of the thesis statement of the movie. So it immediately conjured up in my mind the song Jesus Take the Wheel. <laughs> so that's what I was thinking when he asked the question. Yeah. But that's pretty much the extent. They kind of just he asked, "Would you have taken the wheel?" And then, uh, right. And so it's a we find out too that Nathan, the guy whose truck was stolen, is going to start at the sheriff's department. Yeah, he's going to be a cop. Yeah, he's going to be a deputy at the department, and so he meets all of his future coworkers there. Yeah, um, but th- that scene is sort of a metaphor for the rest of the movie, which is you know fathers need to take the wheel in running their family to yeah. protect their kids. Right. Yeah. Which is what he did literally mm-hmm. with the truck. Yeah. So the gears start turning with the whole theme of the movie. Yeah. So we know what the movie's going to be about from that mm-hmm. scene. And then um, we we see then Alex Kendrick goes home. What's his name? Adam was that his name? So Adam goes home and he's talking with his wife. So we establish that I don't with his he has a he has a strained relationship with his son because as he puts it, all his son wants to do is play video games and, and run running. five miles. <laughs> he specifies that. Because his son is a runner. Who also I, likes video games. He also likes video games. But do they establish a strain in his relationship with his daughter? Well, I, I guess they sort of do. Not in that scene. Yeah. In that scene, it seems like he definitely favors his daughter. Yeah, because he lets her go to the birthday party. Yeah. Which, 
ends up becoming a pivotal point in the movie. Right. Uh, we also see that... But he uh, did miss his daughter's recital because of work. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's that, yeah. And so he misses the recital, but he lets her go to the birthday party next Friday night. And then we have a scene where Alex Kendrick is talking with Shane in his car. He's taking him to the bank or something. Mm-hmm. And his daughter, uh, Alex Kendrick's daughter's in the back seat. And they're having a discussion about alimony mm-hmm. because we established that this Shane guy also has is divorced and he does does he has a kid? Yeah. Yeah, and he has a strained relationship with that kid as well. So they pull up to the bank and then Shane goes into the bank and then Alex Ken I need Adam's daughter mm-hmm. Emily. Emily asks him if they can dance together. Because the song that she likes comes on the radio. It's so, a Christian, contemporary Christian song. Yeah, but Alex Kendrick, oh, Adam, is very, <laughs> is very, uh, he doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't to. want to. And his daughter shows him, you know, if you were going to dance, you would put your hand here, and then put your hand here, and then... And then she starts dancing in the, the little field yeah. right next to where they're parked. And Adam tells her, I'm dancing with you in my heart, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bef- during it's either during that scene or during another scene where they're driving uh, they set up a joke that runs throughout the movie and it's pretty funny uh, The Adam the, the main character is talking to his wife on the phone and then you know he says love you bye hangs up and then his, he gets a call from the sheriff and has a conversation with the sheriff and then says love you bye and hangs up Yeah, uh, which is it's a corny joke, but it's funny because they keep it's coming done back a lot in a lot of different things. But yeah, it's, it's I, I, that happens to people in real life. Yeah, like, for that's sure. A, that's a thing and that. they, Kendrick Brothers, like corny jokes. Mm-hmm. They like sort of corny, like stereotypical movie shtick. But we were talking about how this one is a little more competently done. It wasn't as like I'm trying to think of the right word. Ham-fisted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ham-fisted. <laughs> it's always very ham-fisted in their movies and just overall cringy. But this, it was refreshing to see them be able to just, they pulled it off. Mm-hmm. So, what happens after that? Um, so, it's the next day. Uh, Nathan shows up to the police station to, you know, start work. He gets teamed up with the rookie who is, you know, just finished his first year on the force. And they're told that they have to go serve two warrants to this mm-hmm. house. Yeah. So it's Adam Mitchell and Nate and the and the rookie their two partners or, or the, who yeah. are the rookie and Shane. Yeah. They go to this house to uh, arrest these two guys yeah. for drug dealing. Yeah, but then they uh, Adam and Shane go up into the they, there's like a a ladder pull down to so go yeah, up into the attic. And there's just a kid up there, and he says, the two guys that they're looking for, they made me walk around up here. Mm-hmm. Basically and so, to distract them. Yeah, then the two guys run from another room. They run outside, so a big chase ensues. Which, if you had the foresight to have your little nephew go up to the attic and you know stomp around to make the cops think you were there, why wouldn't you have left the house then, instead of waiting in one of the closets for the cops to arrive? I guess they didn't... Maybe they didn't have enough time to get out. Yeah, I, I guess that's what it was. It was an an odd uh, plan. Yeah. But so these two guys go running from the house. They knock over the rookie, and a street chase ensues, in which Adam 
uh, is running down one of the guys, and Nate is running down one of the other guys, and the rookie gets lost because he doesn't know the streets. Even though he's been on the force for a year. Yeah, you would think after a year you would know the streets. You would think that you wouldn't let the guy out in the cart at all if he didn't know the streets. Like, this is a kind of a big Central breach of protocol. Of yeah. <laughs> and so that happens. And then they, in the midst of the chase, they pull a, a maneuver. I think it's an official police yes, maneuver. Yes, it's called the pit maneuver. No, they call it the, the, slingshot. the slingshot. But when yeah. I googled sl- the slingshot maneuver, oh, is it an actual police maneuver? Yeah, it's when <laughs> you. It's like when you you're chasing a guy and he kind of switches directions, so you like, uh, I don't know, car like you drift the car mm-hmm. so that the door is facing the guy, so that you can just get right out and ah, chase him. Okay, so it does. Have, it is yeah. an actual police maneuver. I think so. Right. I couldn't find anybody ever using the slingshot terminology, but yeah. Pitt came up when I. See, neither, neither of us are law enforcement officers. No, so we have very limited a, experience. Yeah, take this with a We have, salt. however, seen The Wire That's several true. times. That's true. So, experienced. Yes. Police. We're a couple of seasoned veterans. <laughs> Speaking of being seasoned veterans, uh, during the chase, Nathan, who is the, the, the black cop from the beginning. Yeah, he's a new guy on the force, but he has eight years experience in Atlanta right. with their sheriff's department. While he's running... One of the things he says is, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's seen Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they eventually catch these guys and take them back uh, and arrest them. Mm-hmm. So I, I, was, I guess in terms of action sequence. It was good. Th- it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Because the action sequence in Fireproof. Was the burning building. Oh, When Kirk Cameron has to save the kid. Yeah. And it was all right. It was... And then Facing the Giants was a football movie, so there was... They didn't take advantage of the... There wasn't enough football. There wasn't enough football action. But this movie, they used the action well, Mm -hmm. I think. So that it was a pretty exciting chasing and, you know, flipping through angles and different shots of different characters. Like, it was... was like like I said, it was more competently done. If they had done this, like, pre-facing the Giants, it probably would have been a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're learning to film action scenes. Yes. Um, what happens after that? Um, Nathan, is this... Nathan, we, we're at his house, and then yeah. his daughter has a collar. Some young that, No, gentleman. that happens later All on. right, that's later in the movie. Yeah. Well, we're introduced to Javier. Ah, yes. Javier. Javier, I think he's my favorite character in this movie. He's just a a working class dude who, you know, his his family, he has trouble paying the bills, Mm -hmm. and he's... He's let go from his construction job? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of floating between jobs because he sort of just goes goes to find the work, and so when that dries up, he has to find something else, but... Um, so we just established that Javier is str- his family is struggling. He struggles to find some kind of permanent job, mm-hmm. and I, his arc is inter- like his, the whole his story is good because we find out that Adam is rebuilding his shed or just building a shed in his backyard. Yeah, and Javier loses, or he's he's told he might there might be job opportunity so he goes to the job site but they're like we don't need anybody else yeah so he's walking home all dejected praying out loud there, there's an and, essential element to this which is the day before shane adam's 
Buddy on the Force told him that he was going to send his friend Javier to help build the shed. That's right. Yeah, Shane's like, I have a, I have a deck guy yeah. because this guy built my deck. He did great. I paid him 150 bucks a day. Yeah, I'll send him your way tomorrow. Yeah. So then Javier's just walking down the street, and Adam sees him, and he's like, "Hey, Javier, what are you doing? <laughs> this isn't going to build itself." <laughs> Turns out, this is a Javier. wrong Javier. <laughs> He just happens to be walking by Adam's house, and so he stays and works with Adam for a day, and then Adam goes to lunch with Shane and the rest of the crew the next day, uh, midday, while Javier is building his shed, and Adam is like, thanks for the uh, Javier connection, and Shane's like, no, he's in the hospital with kidney stones, (laughs) and so then Adam goes back to his house and asks... It's a really actually pretty funny exchange <laughs> they have. The, the, the funniest dialogue in any of the Kendrick Brothers movies. We were laughing out loud. It was pretty well done. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, You have to look up a clip of this conversation if it's on YouTube or something because we can't do it justice. But there's this whole confusion about who Javier yeah. is. Yeah, so Adam asks him, your name is Javier. He's like, yes, what's your full name? He's like, Javier Martinez. What's your full yeah, name? Yeah, and then he asks, what's your full name? <laughs> and so they have this really funny exchange where neither of them really has any idea about what's going on. And then they come to realize Javier is the wrong Javier. <laughs> yeah. But he's a good worker. So and Adam has a connection at the thread, I want to say textile mill, but that's <laughs> no. kind of an antiquated. It's like a thread factory. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know what happens, but I just know he, he his job seam- is to He's like, a seamstress. Yes, he is a seamstress. <laughs> An old spinster. And so... <laughs> and so... <laughs> and so he uh, gets this job through Adam at this like mm-hmm. garment or thread factory, whatever it is that they do. Mm-hmm. So one of the difficult things with this movie is that there are a lot of plots. Yeah. Uh, so we have the Javier plot, we have the Adam plot, we have the Shane plot, we have the uh, Derek plot, which is the one kid who wants to get with Nathan's daughter... We have the the rookie plot. So there's a lot of threads coming together. This could have been multiple movies, I feel like. Um, but So do we want to just continue with Javier the whole way through and then like follow the other yeah. plot line? Yeah, we, we said this. There's a lot of plots in this movie. Yeah. And we said near the end, maybe there were too many yeah. of them. It kind of falls apart towards the end. But yeah, so Javier gets this job at this, this thread factory... And about a month in, he gets called into the manager's office, and the manager's like, you've been doing good work, we would like you to be a part of the uh, the, the inventory manager. manager. Yeah. And Javier says, oh, great. And then his boss says, okay, well, we're getting 17 crates, uh, or sending out 17 crates of inventory tomorrow, I need you to mark down 16. So Javier's having this ethical dilemma, mm-hmm. he doesn't exactly know why this guy wants him to do this kind of shady thing so he goes home and he and his wife have this debate about it's it's the first like uh steady most stable that we've been you know since we got married but javier's like it's wrong it's not Mm -hmm. it's a great thing to do so he goes back in the next day and he says this to his boss i i can't do it it's not right turns out his boss was testing him yeah and Javier passes the test, so he becomes a manager, he's making more money. Yeah. And so things are things mm-hmm. end looking up for Javier. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Yeah. 
I like Javier. He's a good character. Yeah, and he basically Adam meets him through working, but Javier just becomes friends with the group of sheriff's deputies. He hangs out with them. He goes to barbecues. They go out to eat together. Yeah, and that's sort of his his plot yeah. line is basically dealing with finding work and stuff. Yeah. And what all the characters have in common is near the beginning ish of the movie, the sheriff comes into like the weekly oh, right, debriefing right, yeah, yeah, yeah. session slash meeting. And he reads a study about how like, criminal perpetrators, yeah. the one thing they have in common, by and large, is coming from a fatherless home. So this convicts Adam. And so the next time he and all his buddies are hanging out, well, he has them... Yeah, he has like a, a statement of things that he's going to swear to do, and he wants yeah. them to keep him accountable. To be to a, a better father. Yeah, and so it, it turns out all of his friend group decide they're going to do it as well. So they're all going to kind of keep each other accountable to be better fathers. Yeah. And then we sort of see throughout the rest of the movie, each of them dealing with this in their own way mm-hmm. with the situations that arise. Yeah. But after Adam, you know, gives out this like accountability contract, which ends up becoming all of them pursuing being a better father. Uh, he's working on a shed with Javier, and we see that he's missing phone calls. Like, they, they have a shot of them up on the roof of the shed, uh, nailing down cheating, and then a shot of the phone vibrating. It goes back and forth like that a couple times. And then uh, Shane pulls up in uh, a cruiser, and he rolls down the window and says... Adam, you have to come with us. Emily, your daughter's been in a really bad accident. Mm-hmm. And so they rush to the hospital and they just kind of have like a, just mute music in a scene of him with his, he and his wife crying and the other deputies kind of very uncomfortably standing there watching mm-hmm. and then the, the two of them cry. And then the next shot's like the funeral. Yeah. So, so Emily dies in this car crash and it's a drunk driver who actually lives through mm-hmm. the accident. And so, we sort of, right after Alex or Adam gives this pledge, like, the worst possible thing happens. Mm-hmm. And so there's a good, we see that he's obviously conflicted, he feels a lot of guilt, yeah. and he's not sure how he can, I guess, basically support his son and his wife through this when he himself feels that he has never really been adequately supportive. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good shot. He goes into his son's room and asks his son, are you all right? Whatever. It's a pretty quick interchange because the son doesn't really want to talk. He steps out and leans against the wall, looks into the room right next to it, which was his daughter's room. And his wife is on Emily's bed, like holding stuffed animals and crying. And so he's just kind of there looking between the two rooms. Yeah, it was, it was, it was was good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of the things that's, we've talked about Alex Kendrick in his previous performances that he, like his way of acting is just this perpetually sort of confused face Mm -hmm. this movie he displays a range of emotions he does which he really does yeah and yeah confused kendrick came up i think with one time one discernible occurrence of confused kendrick but mostly he was like you know yeah because I was worried when he went into the hospital to like hug his wife while they were crying that he would (laughs) be looking around all confused (laughs) Yeah, but no, he he had he had some good moments. I'm thinking specifically of in the car on the way to find out what happened to his daughter. He's just kind of like you know this dread is coming yeah. over him, and it's he performs really well in that yeah. scene. Yeah, competent. I think the the key word of this 
as far in in relative to the Kendrick brothers, this is a very competent movie. Yeah, the the scene with him and his son in the the bedroom when he's trying to get his son to talk to him. His son is obviously in shock, and like you didn't have to have someone tell you that. You could just see from the performance that his son was obviously in shock from yes. what just happened, and Alec or Adam has no idea how to deal with it. It was really well done. Like so, there were some really good scenes in this movie. Yeah, and. For the first hour and 20 minutes or so when all of this stuff is happening, I was actually like emotionally invested in yeah. the story. Oh, yeah, for sure. has never happened no. in the Kendrick Brothers movie. No, for, I mean, a good portion of the movie we were pretty invested. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shane, his deal is, does Shane, he's divorced and yeah. he wants to get back involved with the life of his kids. Yeah, like for the whole the pledge. pledge he's yeah, he's, he's interested in it. Yeah, so he like gets in contact with his wife. And, um, yeah, because pretty much at this point, he's just been sending alimony checks, and that's about it. The rookie is he also divorced? No, remember, he he had a a fling with a cheerleader in college. Oh, they never got married, yeah, and and she got pregnant, and he kind of just, yeah, they kind of went, yeah, they went their separate ways. He wasn't interested at all. So, his part of the pledge is he wants to get involved with his kid's life. Um, do they really follow up with the rookie's story at all? I don't remember. Sort of. I mean, they show that he and the cheerleader are out to dinner, okay. and he's talking with yeah, them. Yeah, have right. They have the, the token Christian song montage scene. Ah, uh, yes. And, yes. and like probably about two-thirds of the way through, yeah. where all of them are... They show all of the dads mm-hmm. trying to fulfill this pledge that they've made. But when Shane takes the pledge to his wife... you. This is where the movie's kind of started oh, yeah. to get a little, the play, a little the weird. The pledge scene gets a little strange because when they're going to do it, like Nathan, the one cop, goes home to his wife and is like, here's this thing that and, my buddies and I are going to do. And his wife is like, there are some days I'm glad I married you. And there are other days where I'm very, very, very glad that I married you. And but she's like, yeah. she also decides to ruin it. By making them do this ceremony. Yeah, she's like, we gotta do a ceremony. It's like, no, why, why would you do that? Very quick to say this, too, <laughs> as if, like... She, she had a... She wanted to She has some, some other people that have done this before, but, like, she's like, we gotta get dressed up to, you know, <laughs> to the nines. It's like a, a marriage ceremony or yeah, something. It is, and it, that, it is. That'll come back yeah. again. So she is very adamant that they have to have a formal ceremony mm-hmm. for this pledge to be truly... Uh, to give it legitimacy, like, I guess. For it to be really blinding. I yeah. Um, so, you know, they have that pledge ceremony. We're sort of jumping around with the movie, but I don't think we can do it in order because it jumps back from different plots so much. Uh, so they do they do the pledge, and um, for Nathan's part, he is... his. I feel like his part of the pledge is primarily as a son more than as a father mm-hmm. because he hated his dad yeah. because he never met him and mm-hmm. he left. He's a really close mentor. Yeah, that he contact that who contacts him on Father's Day and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and he does have a daughter who is like there's sort of this plot with him want or his this guy wanting to date his daughter, but they don't really follow up with it much. Not really, because this guy. Okay, so there's this scene where this gang is in a warehouse. It's a real, and gang. they're all yeah, a real gang. They're real dangerous, so be careful. And so they are beating up this guy. I, did, did, does he have a name? Derek. Oh, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Derek is just being 
destroyed by like a dozen guys. They're all kicking him and punching him. It's his initiation into the yeah, gang. Yeah, I think that's what it's And the idea is, you think this hurt. Imagine what it's going to be like if you betray your brothers. Mm-hmm. And so, like the, the day after, he goes to call on Jade, who is Nathan's daughter. Yeah. And he shows up at the house. He has a, a band-aid on his face where he got cut. And he says, like, hi, Jade. Like, they're talking outside. And then Nathan comes out. And he's yeah. like, Jade. It's time for dinner. Yeah, time for dinner. Get back in the house. I want to talk to Derek for a few minutes. Yeah. And he talks to him. He's talking, you know, talking about intentions and stuff. Like, a pretty stereotypical, like, mm-hmm. Christian father. Yeah, like, I want to know what your intentions are. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What's the purpose of this relationship? Yeah. And Derek has clearly never heard these things No, before. he's, he's like, like, oh, it's not a date. It. We're just <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. And so, uh, Nathan, <laughs> Asked, they, he asks him how he got those bruises yeah. and Derek's like, that's none of your business. <laughs> and he walks, he walks away. <laughs> you want to raise all the red flags. <laughs> so when someone asks you where you got bruises and you just say, shut up and you walk away. That's it. He, so he raises a bunch of red flags. So after Nathan asks the hard questions, he is definitely not regretting having that conversation because <laughs> Derek blew it <laughs> big time. <laughs> Even if he's not familiar with the yeah, you, that you whole think, conversation, you would think like he has no tact whatsoever. Yeah. There are ways to approach these sorts of situations, yeah, and that was not the right one. But you know, yeah. So Nathan shuts that down pretty quick. Yeah, like that's sorry, Jade. That's not happening. Um, and now I guess we have to talk about the- yeah. It's going forward with Nathan's plot. Yeah. So we established that he's he oh yeah so it is more about him as a son because he's a pretty good dad I mean I guess he took the pledge because you know nobody's perfect mm-hmm. but think of all the characters he would yeah he's more of the most upright or yeah the most, like you know he's already kind of dealt with the whole God question and yeah all of this in his yeah, yeah. life so he's sort of the the mentor figure to the other guys in yeah. a way. But which the actor was in fireproof as well, it's and he the was same. the mentor to Kirk Cameron, right? Wasn't yeah, he? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, we have. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. I, so okay. towards towards the end, have of... you ever heard of a purity ball? <laughs> so it's there's this scene later on in the plot where he takes Jade out to eat. This is this is after the pledge, after he shut things down with mm-hmm. Derek. He's sort of trying to establish a right way for Jade to enter into relationships with other guys. Mm-hmm. Like, How was she? She's 15? 15. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm really proud of you and you know when I want when you meet a guy I want to I want him to be a guy that loves God before everything else cuz that's the way he's really going to love you. And up till that point I was like okay yeah you know, good, good and father daughter yeah and then and I was then. like this is good too because the whole I don't know there's something cringy about certain aspects of the Christian father daughter I don't, there's some the, just the culture surrounding like there's the, some oddities. Yeah, there are oddities <laughs> too, like the the Christian view of the father daughter relationship. Yeah, and so sometimes but, it's strange. I was watching this. I was like, all right, you know, he's he's doing he's doing good here. Like they're just having a good conversation. They're having a a nice dinner out, mm-hmm. which you know, all fair and above board. But then he reaches into his coat, his jacket pocket, and he pulls out a ring box, and I was like. Oh no, he's they're doing this. Yeah. And then he opens it 
and I guess it's a purity ring, but like, they don't actually like talk about purity. Ring. Yeah, it's like diamond heart, a diamond heart. <laughs> it's I don't. It's, it may be a little uncomfortable. It made me uncomfortable too, and I don't. Mm-hmm. Why that ring specifically? And it just seems weird to me that he's kind of. It it just seems like he's saying like, well. I will be your husband until you find a husband. Right. Which, okay, I understand the principle behind doing that. But I don't think that it's... It's, I think it's really weird in practice. Yeah. Because, I mean, you you know about, like, the... I think the extreme end of the spectrum is, like, the purity balls that some churches have where fathers and daughters go and they talk about sexual purity. And I think... I don't know. There's something about that that's it, it, really it, strange. It weirds to me. me out a little bit because it's kind of like the dad is like, "This is like this is I have yeah. like dominance over this purity idea yeah. until you get married." It's, and it's I don't think it's okay. It's, I think the initially the interaction was fine. Right, he right. was just like, "I want to make sure that you're not." Because when you go into relationships with the wrong intentions, mm-hmm. you have potential to get hurt. And he's doing all the right things. Yeah, right, right. And then the whole ring thing. And then as if that wasn't bad enough. You know, like the, the whole ring thing was weird. But then the next scene is just Jade on her bed, like, you know, looking at the ring for a very prolonged. She's looking at how it looks on her finger. Mm-hmm. And she's really happy about this ring. Yeah. Which, I mean... To be fair, it's an expensive ring, so maybe she's happy about that. Yeah. It just, it was, it was weird. It was really strange. Um, and again, up until the ring thing, everything was like I was fine with what was happening. We're, we're not like against the idea of purity or anything. No, like that. no, I. But you know, it's but, but it was just, and I suppose this is a cultural thing. Um, I mean, I grew up in a fundy background but i'm a guy so i didn't have to think about this stuff yeah uh and to me it's just extremely weird and it makes me uncomfortable but i suppose for some culture of you know evangelical or fundy this is a normal part of i yeah i i think so yeah so maybe for other people this was just like oh that's a, a sweet thing that he did for his daughter but to, for me, it, it was ex- extremely weird. I didn't... Yeah, there's so many other directions you could have gone with it. Yeah. Instead of proposing... I wish I could remember the exact wording that he used, but it was just... Mm-hmm. He went to reach in his pocket, and I was like, yeah, you're in a public place, man. This is just going to look weird to everybody around you, and this... I don't know. Like I said, I understand... I think I understand the principle. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. I don't... I understand, I understand there's probably a lot of complicated issues I don't understand because of that. Yeah. But this was weird. <laughs> yeah, this was it, just weird. It was weird. Uh, I think we can agree on that. But yeah. that was his, like, that was his part Gesture of the yeah. of fulfilling the pledge. And so the principle behind it was he wants to be actively involved in his daughter's life and making sure that she marries a good guy. That's, yeah, again, that was the idea. Again, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, okay, so, you know, Talking about how it was executed yeah. was weird, but the idea itself was okay. His heart is in the right place. Yes, yes, on that ring. Um, <laughs> hey, so then uh, those are all the okay. Well, we got to talk about Shane now yeah. 
Because yeah. Shane takes the pledge. He does sort of reconnect with his family. But we, we come to... Basically, Adam goes down to the uh, evidence room. Mm-hmm. And he's talking with the, the guy who works in evidence. Yeah. Um, and if I know anything from The Wire, the reason that guy's in evidence <laughs> is, is he, because he, he got he, in trouble. Yeah, he did bad. Yeah. And so... <laughs> uh, the guy in the evidence room is talking about, you know, you guys have been doing a good job lately with these drug busts. You're going to take another, you'll probably, you're taking more and more of them off the street every day. And, and he starts naming Adam, the, the amounts. Well, of, Adam is like, yeah, we got 30, 30 dime bags last bust. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, you mean 24? And Adam says, what? And he's like, yeah, on, right here on the evidence sheet it says 24. Yeah. And so Adam starts to get concerned because he perhaps has watched The Wire as well. And he knows that sometimes cops like to skim off the top to make money and so he starts to he's like oh there's a rat in the department Mm -hmm. and so he he goes to the sheriff is Shane the only one that he tests that's what's weird because we establish in like the the meeting scenes that well I guess well, I guess if he's talking about their specific bus then it would have been him and Shane oh yeah okay so that's how it was yeah yeah. okay so yeah, he he goes, goes to the sheriff, mm-hmm. and he goes to Nathan, because he's like, I think... Do we establish exactly how he... Why he thinks it would be Shane? Or is it just kind of process of elimination? Yeah, that I, comes I don't conclusion? think they establish it, but it makes sense, because they're the ones turning in the evidence. Yeah. From their bust. Yeah, and so... And he knows it's not him. Right, so. yeah. So, yeah, they... They uh, they they have the sheriff give Shane some drugs to take down the it's evidence. It's weird because the, the sheriff is like, hey, I got to go out for a minute. Can you take this bag of drugs down to the evidence? He just hands it like a, a plastic baggie full of dime bags. And then he goes down to the evidence room yeah, and, and he, he's gonna, he goes to drop it in the evidence drop slot. Yeah. And he you know looks at the bag and he was like, hmm. So he goes into the evidence room. And he takes out six of the dime bags and just puts them in his pocket real quick. And then... I have to say, Shane is not a good um, thief. Right. There are a couple of things that should have been red flags for him here. One, the sheriff handed you these bag of drugs and she's like, take this down to evidence. I feel like at that point, if I were a guy who was stealing from the department, I'd be like, okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. They're, they're obviously testing to see if I'm stealing. Yeah. So he takes it down and then he goes to the desk and he starts divvying some out for himself, mm-hmm. which presumably he's taking them because he, he establishes that... He has to pay alimony. Right. Alimony can be expensive, and so and he is a sheriff's deputy. So, yeah. so he he wants the extra cash because he says what a thousand bucks a month. I think he's paying or something like that. It's it's, and he, one of his defense defenses when he is confronted by Adam, Adam walks in. He's like, "What are you doing?" And what does he say? He just says, "Adam." And then oh, I, I don't think he tries yeah, yeah. to explain himself. He's yeah. just like, you got And me. He's, he says something like, what do you expect? I make $36,000 a year and that's not cutting it. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that means his income is two grand a month because of the payments he has, alimony payments he has yeah. to make. And so he... He also does the classic cop move where he's like, you're not going to turn me in. You're my brother on the force. Mm-hmm. You don't want to embarrass the department. Yeah. but So and, Adam has to deal with his own sort of moral... Right, yeah. So there is that ethical dilemma. And we establish that Adam does have good detective skills because he makes the comment 
because he's been told how much Shane's alimony payments are earlier in the movie. And then when the sheriff comes down, he says, what's he doing this for what? A thousand bucks a month. So he knows, he knows what Shane is about. Wow. And it's, it's an interesting character study because the guy is only taking enough drugs to be able to make the alimony payment. That's true. You would think that he would, he would devolve and fall further and further into the pit of, uh, free money. Yeah, free money. But he he doesn't. So he to his yeah. credit, yeah, he has at least that, that much integrity, I guess. Because <laughs> do they establish how long he's been stealing these? No, they don't really talk about it. Because uh, the evidence guy mentions a couple of different busts in the last at least couple months, I think. Yeah, where he reads off numbers to Adam, and Adam says, "I don't know about that." Yeah. So Shane is arrested. And he goes, he's, he is put into prison. Yeah. And so Adam goes to meet Shane at one point and it's like, Shane's just like, you don't have to, you know, I know what I did was wrong and sort of, I feel like they're trying to imply that Shane's back on the right path, even though he's in prison. Yeah. That's what it seemed like to me. Like he was just trying to make, make ends meet and chose a, a bad way to do it. But now he's learned that it is bad. Yeah. Again, like he's doing it just to pay, it's. It sort of is like a take on the question, would you steal bread to, to feed, feed your, your family? family? <laughs> but it's sort of like, would you steal drugs to pay your alimony? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I guess that brings us back to Adam, because that's sort of the mm-hmm. end of Shane's line. Yeah. With Adam, he's you know he's the protagonist of the story, so yeah. there's much more with him. They do the I love you thing on the phone a couple more times. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this great scene. It's like the morning meeting before the cops all go out on their beats. And uh, the sheriff is like, look, we're instituting new policy. Uh, I don't want any public displays of affection. I don't yeah. want you talking about how you feel about others. Emotionally or personally. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, uh, it's improper. It's to, unacceptable. To tell me how much you love me. <laughs> and then uh, Adam's just sitting at his desk with his hand <laughs> on his forehead because like, he knows it's about him. But then the sheriff makes it clear that he's just kidding about yeah. it. Which it was it a was funny scene. <laughs> uh, so Adam is mending the relationship with his son because we find out at a dinner scene that his son is struggling with the fact that he wasn't a good enough brother to Emily. Yeah. And Adam is feeling, you know, he was not an adequate father to Emily. And one of the, he and his wife's biggest, um, like, issues they have with the accident Emily's death is that she was on her way to that birthday party that they were letting her go to. Yeah. And so they all have this pretty intimate moment where, uh, like, they're all, explain. they all understand exactly what the son is saying. They are, they're all feeling the same guilt. Yeah. And so they all have, like, a group hug, and then Adam starts to run with his son, which is what his son loves to do. Mm-hmm. And so they're mending their relationship in that way. Yeah. Um, during this time, Adam becomes, which he, ha- he has these moments in all of the Kendrick movies, the Kendrick Cinematic Universe movies, uh, where he there's, like, these scenes of him, like, studying his Bible and, like reading something and then looking off and contemplating it. And I feel like they may have just filmed stock footage of uh, Alex Kendrick during his quiet time, <laughs> and they've just used it throughout yeah, the different movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't have anything more to say about that. We need to go back to Javier for a moment. 
because yeah. towards the end of the movie, they're taking Javier at home or something like yeah. that in a oh, cop yeah. car. And they get a call. They have to pick up a guy and take him to jail. And they've got Javier sitting in the back of the cop car already. And so they're like, well, we got to take this guy back to the jail, but we can't leave Javier here. And so Adam, Alex Kendrick, gets this idea and he goes and talks to um, Javier. And then the next scene, he comes up to the guy they're going to pick up to take to jail. And he's like, look, you ever heard of the Snake Kings? Because Javier had told them earlier that he and his brothers started a gang which yeah. was more of the buttercream gang type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Then it was. They're called the Snake Kings because they were throwing rocks at snakes. They were killing snakes yeah. in the neighborhood to mm-hmm. help the neighborhood out. Yeah. And so they, they kind of laughed over the story. But then Alex, or Adam, is goes to this drug dealer and he's like, You ever heard of the Snake Kings? We got their leader in the back of the, the car. Whatever you do, don't look at him, don't talk to him, and you'll be all right. And so they kind of intimidate this drug dealer and they put him in the car. And Javier starts speaking in Spanish, talking about just like yeah. benign things I'm about gonna, like yeah, what he's going to have for lunch. Yeah, yeah. And side note, interesting side note: the things he describes that he's going to have for lunch, I'm fairly yeah. sure he was describing yeah. a meal at yeah. Chick Fil A. Like, I am going to have a chicken sandwich, <laughs> lemonade, and waffle and fries. Waffle fries. <laughs> so he's yeah. definitely going yeah. to Chick Fil A. We know what they're about. <laughs> I was disappointed that Chick-fil-A didn't actually have a cameo in the yeah, movie. Like they did in Fireproof. Right. The greatest product placement of yeah, all time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was clear he was planning on going to Chick-fil-A for lunch. What's the way to reach out to the target demographic for the audience? Uh, but So he's saying this stuff in Spanish and the, the drug dealer is like scared because he thinks that Javier is going to hurt him or something like that. It's, it's a funny scene. Um... So yeah, Adam starts running with his son. Things are like they're they're starting to cope with the death of his daughter. Uh, at one scene, he goes back to that spot where his daughter was dancing, and he plays the same song. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's kind of yeah, grieving. the grieving process. Yeah, and he gets out and kind of does the dance by himself, as though he was doing it with his mm-hmm. daughter. It, it was kind of just yeah, it, yeah. There wasn't anything wrong with it. It was. A cute scene, I guess. Yeah. Um, then, uh, back to the wheel metaphor. Yeah. When Adam visits Shane in prison, yeah. the first thing Shane says is, I let go of the wheel. And the last thing Adam says to him is, don't ever let go of the wheel. Yeah. So they're definitely, deal- that. that is the, the metaphor of the movie. <laughs> the end of the movie, though. Like, the very end... They're at Sherwood Baptist Church, which is like oh, the yeah. church that produces these. What, Sherwood Productions is the yeah. company. It's this yeah. big Baptist church, and the four guys. I know word got out about this pledge that they took. Yeah. Which side note: the ceremony for the pledge that all these guys took. It was their families all dressed up in you know to the nine Sunday best, and they're standing in front of a preacher, and all these guys are like. Taking their vows. fatherhood vows. Yeah. A little over the top. It seems so, yes. They, the Kendrick brothers love these performative statements, though. Like, if you think about Fireproof, the book. and like, Yeah, the whole, they like, do. There's this thing. Facing the Giants, I forget what they do in that one. But they, there's a similar kind of, like, we're, going, we're all going to make an oath to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Flywheel, he does the same thing. He's, yeah. He makes his oath, I'm not going to steal anymore. Yeah. Um, so they love these performative oaths, which I feel like if they lost that element of the movie, the movies would be a lot better. Yeah. 
So, uh, side note. The well, that was the side note. So, side there, side, side note. Yeah. Well, the uh, back to the end of the movie. Yes. All these word has gotten out about this pledge that they took, and so they get up to talk about this pledge, mm-hmm. and Adam doesn't get up. Alex Kendrick gets up to the podium, <laughs> and he has this very like a. Five minutes? Yeah, it well, was, it was a few minutes. Yeah. There's a long, impassioned speech about, he's like, men, we have to get together and take responsibility for our family's well-being and provide for them and make sure that they are safe. And yeah, just you so know, we do our fatherly duties. And then you know, like near the end of it, we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh, captain, my captain. And then right after that, all of these men in the church start to stand up, swearing their allegiance to this fatherhood pledge. It was this, it's this sort of similar to the end of Gramps Goes to College, too, yeah. where you sort of have this, oh, captain, my captain type moment. Yeah. And the end of um, uh, Time Changers, when he gives the speech at the church right before he goes back to the future. Yeah. And he has, like, his sermon at the end. Yeah, the altar call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a consistent theme in some of these movies. Is yeah, the, the altar call. They the love the Dead Poet Society. Although one could say that Dead Poet Society stole that from the Evangelical Church, where at the end of every sermon you have an okay. altar call. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stand up to yeah, make okay. pledge their lives. That's true. Um, so Dead Poet Society loves the Kendrick Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, so you are, you're absolutely right, though. It's not Adam, the character, who gets up to yeah. make this speech. This is Alex Kendrick getting up and making a speech about what he wants to say yeah. about but there was there was no text at the end. Oh, look, God's Not Dead had this kind of, too, at the end, at the, the, news, the Newsboys concert, right? The, I mean, sort of an altar call-ish kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Or a call to prayer, at least. Right, and like, to text the, your friends. And it's not necessarily the exact same reason for it, but there's always the impassioned speech at the end that has nothing to do with the characters of the movie. Right. It's it has everything to do with to the, the creators. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they do that. Is that where the movie ends? Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to ask, there's no... There was no end encouraging text no, or anything. No, it, it just the words courageous popped up on the screen. That's right. Okay, yeah. So I was hoping they would say, text the word courageous to your wives now and your kids. <laughs> text this 40-page pledge to your kids. <laughs> you imagine, like, and when that was made, some people still had flip phones. They'd be sending, like, you know, 20-word texts at a time with this pledge to all of their, their families. Um. Before the the church scene, though, there's the shootout. That's right. So and this is this of, is where Derek comes yeah, back into the, the story. Of so Derek story. and TJ, the head of the gang. Yeah. They which see. again, I'm not an expert on, uh, like gang gang like like a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But what I know from the wire is that the guy who's in charge of the gang. Is not driving the car, <laughs> but TJ is driving the car. So I don't know if this is some sort of new wave gang. It could be, or the wire can do no wrong. Yeah. So they weren't wrong yeah, about yeah, it. Obviously. And so, yeah, I don't TJ, know why TJ was driving. He should have been in the back seat, right? Or in yeah. the front. And and uh, Derek should have been sitting in the back with him. Yeah. This is how it always goes down. <laughs> and so basically, what happens is TJ is talking to Derek about. Loyalty, to loyalty, the gang. And because they they just are are they transporting drugs? 
Yeah, they, yeah. They're do, yeah, something drug-related they're doing that could get them in a lot of trouble. And then, and then we see Nathan yeah. in his cruiser. Who's he with? Is he with Adam? No, he's with his the rookie, his partner. Okay, yeah, the rookie. And they see that the Cadillac that TJ and Derek are in, has a, it's just a busted tail. See, taillight. if this were authentic, they would have been driving a Lexus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the wires exactly. told me anything. Yeah, again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're driving this Cadillac, and... They see a busted taillight, so they're just pulling them over for the busted taillight. Mm-hmm. Um, and TJ is like, you know, we got drugs, we're all going to go to jail. For we have to yeah. kill these. He He's like, we have drugs, we have to shoot these cops. Yeah, and he has a shotgun on his lap. Yeah, like a little sawed-off, uh-huh. like, combat shotgun. And so Nathan goes up, and Derek recognizes him, because, and he tells TJ, that's Jade's dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, TJ doesn't care. He's like, we are... Not going to go to prison yep. over this, which a little bit of a miscalculation because shooting a cop, you'll go to prison for a lot longer, uh, probably, or at least for the same amount. Like, you got to take the fall for something. Mm-hmm. So, although maybe he thought they could get away after they killed the cops, that's true. He's he is flying killing cops dangerously from the close wire, to the sun, you don't get away with it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so he comes up, but then Derek. Pushes the shotgun away at the last second, mm-hmm. and TJ misses Nathan. And so Nathan runs back to his car, and he and the rookie get their guns out. They have a shootout, mm-hmm. and they call in backup. And TJ is, you know, between pop shots with the shotgun, is yelling at... Um, Derek. Reprimanding Derek for what he did. Yeah. And so... Which I guess the implication is that there's going to be severe consequences for Derek. Mm-hmm. From the gang, because that is def- probably a breach of the loyalty pledge. I, I would imagine. Which I guess, they don't really, they could have had like, somehow worked in Derek's plot more to where he's trying to fulfill this pledge, and Nathan is on the track oh, with yeah. his pledge, that and could have been, had them meet uh, somehow. Yeah, that would have been good if they had added him, a li- like taken out some of the side plots with the rookie or with Shane, mm-hmm. and had it like, following these, this parallel story of Adam... And Derek as kind of like two different pledges that they took. Yeah. And trying to fulfill those yeah. two different pledges and, you know. And trying to help Derek once the. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like the way they ended Derek's story was perfect. I don't want them to change that because uh, after the shootout happens, Nathan comes up to Derek and he's like, Derek, what are you doing with these guys? And uh, Derek's just like, I don't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. And that, like, he's just kind of crying in the back of the cop car. He's like, I don't have anybody. And then the, they close the cop door, and that's the end of his story. And I thought that was excellent. They didn't try to fix Derek's life at the that's end. That's true. I, I really liked the ending of his story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. Because um, it, 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 like, that was just the deal. He didn't have anywhere else to go hmm. except this game. Right. Yeah. Like, that was oh, his yeah. family. That's true. So I really liked the way they ended his story. Yeah. But if they had had him more in the movie, like, yeah. trying to fulfill the gang pledge. Or it's just like Nathan carrying on the work of his mentor mm-hmm. to sort of show like, yeah, you didn't have a father, father, but I don't know. I, I feel like that would have been a little too preachy if they had tried to do that. With, or at least they would have done it really preachy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like maybe if you had set before Derek these two paths that he could take and he's like, he always chooses the gang pledge because he made yeah. a pledge. Yeah, like you would have a, a parallel story to the the Christian pledge that would yeah. be, that that could have been really good actually. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, 
Um, but the way they ended his story, I was I was happy with it. So I thought it was done well done. Yeah. And that brings us sort of to the end of the movie. The shootout yeah. happens. They arrest the bad guys. Derek gets arrested as well. Um, and that's and then it goes into the church scene at the end. Yeah. I so think that's pretty much it. That, yeah, that that was courageous. Just trying to make sure there's no other last things that we missed, but I think yeah. we hit all the key points. I want to go back to two different scenes that are always in these types of movies, and I've never seen them handled better than in this movie, which is Javier, after he loses the job, is walking down the street, basically praying to God, like, mm-hmm. what are you... You know, I told my family that you would take care of us, and I keep losing jobs... And I don't have anything. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. It was it was a good, like, honest prayer scene. Yeah. And then the other one was with Adam in the car, headed to find out about his daughter, and has a similar kind of prayer scene <clears throat> where he's just like, you know, God, help me. Yeah. Uh, both of those were great because they felt honest, which typically the prayer or conversion scenes in these movies don't feel honest. Yeah. And so I, I appreciated both of those. Um. Great moment of comedy with Javier and Adam. Uh, can't be can't be undersold. Like yes, yeah. hilarious. See, one of the things that I I was reading some reviews of the movie and just like or just the overall reception consensus. It has like a thirty something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of critics, which is, which is good for one yeah. Of those and they were saying it's competently done, but it can't get past its dogma. Yeah. Which, okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah, it is fair. Um, so I think this movie is, in terms of, like, that genre... It's the best. It's the best, yep. like, the most competently done one. Mm-hmm. Um, not my favorite one that we've watched. Which would be your favorite? Uh, of the Kendrick Brothers. I, I like Facing the Giants. I like football. Yeah, I facing like Facing the Giants. The Giants. Is... It had a lot of... Beti- I, it could have been... It could have been Remember the Titans. It could have been, yeah. But unfortunately, it was not. Uh, I think I think this is my favorite Kendrick Brothers movie. It's too long, and there's too many plots, but, but the they, plots that are good are great. Uh, yeah, and I think they, in terms of as good as that genre can get... Well, they've made another one about the track team. And we're going to have to watch that, yeah. which again, running is a theme in this... Oh yeah, movie. So, Maybe so it looks like it. the newest movie about uh, the Kendrick brothers made. It came out like a month or two ago. Okay, is about a track star and mm-hmm. running and sort of about running your race with God or something. I don't really yeah, know, I'm but sure I guess it. Yeah, but uh, so running is becoming a new theme. Although no, Kirk Cameron jogs and Fireproof. Oh yeah, and facing the Giants, they're always running. In yeah, football. and then. Adam and his son, yeah. and then the, yeah, okay. So it's something to look forward to when we inevitably watch. Yeah. Oh, what's, I don't even remember what the new one's called. Un, I don't know, not unbroken, but it's something. Well, yeah, unhindered. I was something, something like, like that. that yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so this was not a terrible movie. That's that's what I'll give. Yeah, you. we the, see the genre reaching it's close a, to its peak potential. Yeah, and maybe maybe they'll go even higher with the next one. I don't know. It's they're very possible. So. Yeah, I hope so. Um, but the last forty five minutes of this movie, it like starting with probably the the ring with yeah. Nathan, it just starts to go off the rails. 
there's good moments towards the end, but the first half of the movie, it's it's a much better movie than the second half of the movie. Yeah. Do you think that they felt pressure to put in like the ring scene? Because no, was... I think that's just something they would have done. <clears throat> I feel like that's just the thing they would have done. It could be though that they're trying to appeal to that audience. They're like, we want to make this movie, but we know that the evangelical audience wants these things in a movie. And I don't think that that's true. I think evangelicals generally, even if they are like, oh, this is a a sweet movie, if they would see a good movie, they'd be like, okay, that was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like the the Kendrick brothers, if you're listening, keep doing the first half of Courageous and get rid of the stuff in the second half. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that you don't need to be explicitly Christian, because there were good Christian things in the first half of the movie. Yeah. It just wasn't, like, beating me over the head it, with... Yeah, it weirdness. departed from that prosperity yeah, gospel. That was, that was, yeah. it, it was a little bit more real mm-hmm. than the previous movies, where if Emily, he makes the pledge and then his daughter dies. Yeah, if Emily like, hadn't died, I would have been like, come on. They present complexity, which yes. they don't normally do. Yeah. It so was not that, as cut and dry as some of the other ones. I think the I think our biggest complaint overall would be that just they included weird evangelical yeah. type things that just yeah. were just off putting. Yeah, to us. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe okay, we'll... so I guess I wanna hear any of you dreamers out there <laughs> that like, what do you Dream- think? Are we calling them dreamers? Yeah. We're going to get, gonna get the- emails from immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, not that I have anything against immigrants. I, I am, this is an executive order from me that, that we are calling right. them dreamers. <laughs> okay. So any dreamers out there that have any kind of experience with this culture? I guess. Culture, or to what degree you have experience with it? Like, mm-hmm. is it too? Is the ring thing too far? Because I personally, I, I don't know. I was sort of putting my hands up, like, whoa, <laughs> slow down a second. Because I understand. Uh, I, I could go. I, I could go on and on about yeah. this. I think you all know. I thought it was really weird, but I want to hear from you yeah. about what what your take is on that idea. I want to hear from people who think it's normal, like it's a cool thing, and what's your explanation behind that? Or if you have extreme ex- an extreme experience and reject it completely, or if you have a fairly like nominal experience yeah. with it, and I, we want to hear from you because this is something that uh, I know a lot of people who are coming out of. Yeah, the I, I only know people yeah. who are like they. It was something that happened in their youth, and now they're just like, it was weird. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, it was just this cute thing that my dad did. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. fine. Yeah, but we both, when that came up, referenced that song. Uh, From, yeah. yeah. I want to marry daddy when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's come full circle now, because yes. Fireproof, that was where we referenced that, yeah. it. Yeah. And that was the first movie we did. Yeah. All right. Guiding questions. Did this movie handle its material well? Well, I think I think that we have established our disappointment in mm-hmm. sort of... Uh, we have seen The Wire several times, so we have an understanding of police protocol. I know how things are on the street. Yeah, we, yeah we're, you know, we're, we're beyond novices at this point. <laughs> and I don't know that 
it handled some of the certain police procedures as yeah. well as it could have. Yeah, the evidence... The evidence room stuff seemed really strange, where he's just like, oh yeah, I'll just drop this bag of drugs yeah. in, the, in the bank slot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that is setting guys up. Yeah. He's like, I can just go into the box. Because the box is a big door. It's not like a little door. It's like, mm-hmm. you can just go in and take yep. anything out, presumably, whenever you want. Maybe he was going to fill in a report, too, about how much drugs were there. That's true. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But overall... The, so the gang life stuff, yeah. maybe not so much. I thought it handled the death of the daughter really well. Yeah, it added good complexity to mm-hmm. the pledge, because it could have just been... I made this pledge, and now everything's going right in my life. Mm-hmm. Which is... That, that was kind I guess, of what I was expecting. Out of I guess movie. Fireproof, it took Kirk some time. Yeah. Or was it Caleb? It took Caleb, Caleb. some time. To, yeah, it, it took Caleb some time, for, for, or his wife some time, to respond. Yeah. So I guess you have that complexity, but at the end of the day, it was... But for Caleb, it was as soon as he started doing the things, he was like... He, be, he, was, he was a better person. Yeah, guy. yeah. Um, uh, so, I'll, I'll give it a yes for handling its material. Alone. Okay, overall, yeah. in overall, terms yes. of Christian movies, yeah, it did a good job. Favorite quote. I think we both have the same answer for this. The conversation between Javier and Adam about yeah. who who they are. That whole interchange was pretty <laughs> <So> funny. <laughs> uh, I love that scene because he's like, uh, "Who told you that I would pay you one hundred and fifty dollars a day?" Like you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should this movie have been made? Yeah, I think it was a good. I a think good so. Story. I, I I do too because, like, it, so let's just say you want to make a movie about. The epidemic, I'll say, of fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. That's a good concept for a movie. You might not be as explicit about it as this movie was, but that's a good like societal problem to take on in telling a story. Yeah. So yeah, sure. Yeah. Good themes, execution, the most competent that we've seen from the Kendrick brothers. Right. So I don't even want to say like I normally do that. Yes, this should have been made, but different. Yeah. Because they're. Doing much better They're than they have been. Reaching potential. Confused Kendrick has become competent Kendrick. Yeah, competent and I could not be more thrilled. Yeah. Who would you recast? <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah, I think that Shane, like that corrupt, problematic cop. Jimmy would, McNulty. Yeah, yeah, it would be McNulty from The Wire. And then the police chief, or the, the sheriff. Um, probably Cedric Daniels from yeah, The from Wire. Wire. Or, or um, the guy who plays, uh, oh, what's his name? He's got, like, the Yinzer accent in The Wire. Oh, yeah, 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 the sergeant. Yeah. I, can, I, I can't remember what his name I is. I want to say, like, um, something O at the end. Yeah. I forget what his name is, but he would have been good. Um, basically, all characters from The Wire would have been yeah. in this movie. Would have been good. Uh, did anything knock your socks off? Oh, back to recasting. Javier could have been Bubbles. That would have been great. <laughs> oh, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so did anything knock my socks off? I have an answer to this. Yes, me too. Yeah, I think the, it's the same answer. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the ring. The, the purity proposal, whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, that's, it was, a, that's okay. the perfect way to describe it. It was proposal. weird because... He uses the phrase when God, 
when God shows us the right man. Mm-hmm. To I don't I just I don't know. See, I don't have as much of a problem with that. Mm. I don't know. I like I said, I could go on and on about this. And I, I do want to just leave I, it at that. I did try to pose the question <laughs> to my wife. Like, I, I was last night. I was very upset about this. I was You're raving a bit of a yeah, a bit of yeah, a slight you know diatribe about this whole thing. And I asked my wife. I was like, so if I did this, what, what would you do? You think it was really weird, right? And she. I was infuriated by her level of rationality in the whole situation. I could, I was, oh, I, I, I don't know. I almost left the room. Yeah, but yeah I, we were having a discussion. But I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that, that scene definitely knocked my socks off. Would you watch this again and would you recommend it? I'm, this may be my first Time with a Kendrick Brothers movie. I may have recommended the other ones with qualifications. I th- I would recommend this movie to everybody. Or if like, well, like, I mean, there's a the, context, the, obviously. Yeah, okay, but I would recommend this to my parents. I would say, yeah, this is okay. A good yeah, movie. you should watch this. Yeah, there, even the demographic that these movies are made for, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even recommend a lot of them. To, but mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, this yeah, one's this it's one's solid. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, again. Competent Kendrick. It's not. It's not a movie that I would sit down and watch again, though. Like, yeah. hey, let's watch a movie. Oh, Courageous is on. Yeah. No. Uh, all right, that's our guiding questions. We I, did. We did this time have some listener emails. Yeah. So let's. In fact, they are months old, but yeah. I just don't check the email. Yeah. So sorry about that, listener. Yeah. Um, we have two, dear dreamer. Yeah, dreamer. I, I'm not going to get used to that. So we, oh goodness, we have one back from March. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. It's been that long since we've checked the account? It must have been. Oh man. All right. I need to get the password for so it. So this one is interesting trivia. Oh yeah, I, I told you about this. Uh, hey guys, love the podcast, just finished binging it. I'm so, oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In a strange coincidence, I was looking at, uh, I, I don't know. Remember how to pronounce this guy's name? Jesse Smollett. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think. I think. Yeah. Or as uh, um, Dave Chappelle would say, Juicy Smollett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Juicy Smollett. He was looking at his IMDb page only to discover that his first film ever was A Little Piece of Heaven. Yeah. So that guy that was in the news recently, yeah. what what show is he on? Empire. Empire. Yeah, yeah he his was first Salem. role was the kid Salem Bordeaux. Salem in a little piece of heaven, which is amazing. It is. So he goes on to say, maybe there's an unexplored angle to his recent news story, given that this was his introduction to the entertainment industry being kidnapped. <laughs> And an introduction to the corruption in the justice system yes. as well. Because you remember how that trial went down in Little Piece of Heaven. Uh, so he says, anyway, keep up the good work. Thanks, Josh. Oh, thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thank you for listening. I'm yeah. so sorry. That you it's do. nice to finally put a name to the listener. Yeah. And then we have another one from Joseph, which is probably just Josh writing under yeah, a different okay. name. To All make right. us think that we have more than one listener. He says, um, a movies to review... Enjoy the podcast. I think you should review Woodlawn and Joshua, a 2002 movie. I guess it's Woodlawn and Joshua is the name of the movie, which is absolutely horrible, and I would love to see it reviewed. So, yeah, okay. we'll definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll write, write that down. Woodlawn and Joshua? Yeah. 
So thank you for emailing us. I think that's all we have. Yeah, keep the emails coming. The the, the email floodgates have are about opened. to be. They have opened, and we don't want to stick a piece of gum in that right now. We want it to continue. Yes. Uh, I think that's all of the emails from the listener. And again, yeah. Oh wow. Uh, I was just looking at our Twitter account. Apparently, we joined Twitter one year ago today. It's the one-year anniversary. Look at that. Man, we should have had a celebration. I forgot the party hats <laughs> and those little noisemakers. So, one year of doing this podcast. Was it a mistake? It's been a year. Yeah. No, it wasn't. We're on our way <laughs> to, to creating a media empire. We're on our way, dreamers. Uh, Just as you are dreamers, so yeah, also and, are we. And you're on the bottom floor of a great um, opportunity here. Right. Yeah. We'll start yeah, so, some multi-level marketing, yeah. I'm sure, at some point. That's right, yeah. yeah we need, Share the wealth. We need some kind of product that we can get other people to distribute for us. Hmm. Not oils, but something. Purity rings? <gasps> yes. <laughs> Yeah. The Dreams of a Better Day official commemorative yeah. purity ring. <laughs> I am on board with this. And we could like have it inscribed with something having to do with your dream man or something <laughs> like that. Man, this this is a great I'm writing this down. Alright. So that this, we remember This is a mistake. It's not a mistake. We are what one would call opportunists. Yeah, that's true. And this would be an excellent idea. Is there anything else about this movie? No, I think that's about it. Thank, yep. thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at e- a better day ca- at Better Day Cast. Yeah. Email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yes. So listen, leave us a review. You can comment on it. Just we want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And Again, um, send emails about movie recommendations or we want to hear about this whole purity culture thing, how it affected you, if you think it's ridiculous, if you think it's Good. the right context, yeah. it's, it's all right. We want to hear from you. Anything else, Ben? No, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Dream on. You should end with the Aerosmith song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>